0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Woo! I need everybody to dump your hands right there. We've got victory tonight in the face of defeat.
2: bless you to our listeners you are listening to global gospel i'm your host reverend lamar townsend and we are here every saturday from 1 p.m until 2 p.m eastern standard time sharing with you uh the good news we want you to know that we do not own the rights to the any of the music that you hear on today but we pray that it is a blessing to you to you and to you and certainly that you receive the victory on today we want you to tell your family tell your friends Tell your neighbors to log on to www.blogtalkradio.com slash global hyphen gospel, and certainly let them know that we are here and we are live on the air. At the appointed time, you can call in as well. Our number in studio 619-924-0800. So take that number down, and certainly you can call in with us later and talk with us and our guests. If you would like to connect with Global Gospel, you can connect with us at P.O. Box 5331 that is in Hempstead, New York, where the zip code is 11550. You can also email us, globalgospel17 at gmail.com. We want you to know that we are also on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and we are on Tumblr. And if you go to our Facebook page, our Twitter page, or our Tumblr page, there's a direct link to our episode. All you have to do is click on the embedded image, and it will take you directly to our episode. In addition to Blog Talk Radio, we are syndicated on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and Google Play. Uh, We are there for your listening any time of day or night, because all of our shows are archived. Even this uh, particular episode uh, will be uh, there for you to listen uh, immediately following uh, the show. So we thank you, thank you, thank you. We want to shout out our sponsors on today, uh, just to name a few. We want to shout out Abyssinia. We want to shout out the Nationwide Black Family Mediation Services, our sister Lois Glenn Carter. We want to shout out Molina's Factory, We want to shout out Third Lounge and Melanated Beards, Ryan Wilson. We want to shout out MPT Enterprise, Marlon Townsend. We want to shout out Nevaeh's Cake Creations, Natalie Townsend. Certainly, we want to shout out Honor Thy Sweets as well. And those are just a few of our sponsors. We also want to shout out Happy Healthy Functioning, Nicole Lawson. Those are a few of our sponsors. We thank God for you, you, and you. For those that are listening in the north, the south, the east, the west, whatever country, state, or continent that you're in, we thank God for you. Thank God for the Norman family, for the Townsend family. Uh, thank God for the Washington family, the Furman family, the Stevenson family, the Locke family, and the Bradell family, and all of those that are listening. I can't call you all, uh, But if you leave a comment on our page, I will be sure to shout you out. Also, uh, shout out to Abyssinia. We thank God for all of you. Uh, We do have a special guest in studio with us that we'll be sharing in a few minutes. For those that have tuned into Global Gospel for the first time, you may not know where our theme is. But our same scripture is 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And we pray on today that uh, you are inspired, enlightened, that you are touched, healed, delivered, saved, and set free. Because the gospel is good news. It is the power of God unto salvation. It is for everybody. It, it is a comprehensive uh, thing that meets every need in your life, whether it's fi- financial, spiritual, or emotional. The gospel is here today to free you. The truth is here to free you. Jesus Christ is here to free you. Uh, we are going to take a break. Uh, this selection says Revolution, and after that, you will hear from our very special guests. You still have time uh, to gather your friends and listeners. Stay tuned, and we will be right back with our special
1: guest after this. For God shall wipe away yes, sir. every tear from the eye. Yes, sir. Get ready
0: for the revolution.
2: Reverend Lamar Townsend, and our special guest in in studio with us, Dr. Umar Johnson. And just to say a few things about him, uh, he is a doctor of clinical psychology and a certified school psychologist who is considered an expert on the education and mental health of African and African American children. Dr. Umar, as he is known to friends, is kinsman to both the great abolitionist Frederick Douglass and the late abolitionist Bishop Alexander uh, Wayman. Uh, he is the former, a former minister of education for the Honorable Marcus Garvey UNIA ACL, and a direct descendant of formerly enslaved Civil War veterans who served in the Ninth and Nineteenth Regiments of the United States Colored Troops of, of Maryland. And so there's so much that I could say about him and I could go on and on, but I will not. Uh, and I will let him, uh, introduce himself. Uh, good afternoon, Dr. Umar. How are you?
3: Uh, peace and Pan-Africanism. Thanks for having me on the show.
2: Well, we thank you, uh, as well for taking time out of your very busy schedule to share with our listeners, global gospel, uh, around the world. Um, so how, how, are, how are things with you? Tell us a little bit about yourself that I didn't say and how you uh, started on this journey.
3: Um, I think you said most of it. I started on this journey during my elementary school days, North Philadelphia, Mead Elementary School. We had a black history class in the fourth and the fifth grade. That was my introduction to consciousness. During those same two years, there was also a black history oratorical contest, which I entered, and I won first place both years, and I never stopped raising the consciousness, and I never closed my mouth since then. And ironically, that elementary school was only three blocks away from Marcus Garvey's UNIA ACL, which, as you know, was the largest black nationalist movement in modern history and it's the organization that gave us the red, black, and green flag and the organization that inspired every serious black nationalist movement after that from Malcolm X to the Nation of Islam, the Black Panthers. There's no organization that did not drink from the great fountain of wisdom and organization Marcus Garvey built. And so my road through black consciousness and public speaking began in my North Philadelphia neighborhood with two institutions that were only separated by three blocks, Mead Elementary School and Marcus Garvey's UNIA.
2: Well, that's a uh, pretty uh colorful uh introduction uh to this journey. And so um from there, from after receiving your own education, certainly you off you ventured off into the field of educational as a profession yourself, correct?
3: Uh, yes, indeed. I'm also a certified school principal, former school principal, and former school assistant principal. And right now, the most important project that I'm working on amongst many is the renovating of the Frederick Douglass and Marcus Garvey Academy in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, four beautiful buildings, which includes two gyms and two schools in Wilmington, Delaware, which we purchased in 2019. So it's been three years. And we have been doing all we can to get those buildings renovated. Uh, We will be having our second annual FDMG Family Festival this coming September the 10th. So we want to invite you and your entire listening audience to Wilmington, Delaware, to celebrate with us on uh, September 10th as we prepare to open up the doors of FDMG. And the festival is something that we started last year because we felt that there was a need To bring the people to the school so they can see it for themselves and recognize and witness firsthand the greatness of what we're trying to do once the school is completely renovated we will be the largest independent black school campus in the country and we will be the only independent black school with two actual physical buildings and two actual physical gymnasiums that we own so it's a long road Uh, to get there from where we've started, but we are close. We are knocking on the door to finishing the Marcus Garvey Elementary School, and once that's done, we will then refocus our efforts on the Frederick Douglass High School, which is right across the street from that. That is an awesome
2: uh, venture uh, that you're on, a project, and certainly uh, we are grateful that there's someone that is taking leaps and bounds uh, to educate our uh, our people of color. Um, so education, what is your, um, as an educator, what is your message to parents and to students and to other fellow educators as it concerns our community? Uh, because sometimes uh, we don't have the same uh, resources and opportunities as others.
3: I would sum it up in five points, and just to let your listening audience know, I will be speaking in Long Island one week from today. Uh, next Saturday, April the 16th, I will be at the Roosevelt Public Library, 21 West Fulton Avenue, and that's at 3 p.m. until 7 p.m. program. I'll speak from 3 to 5, and I'll sign copies of my new book, Black Parent Advocate, from 5 until 7 and the doors open up at 2. It's absolutely free. You don't have to register, and there's no cost to attend. Children and elders are also welcome. And, again, that's next Saturday, April the 16th, in Long Island, at the Roosevelt Public Library, 21 West Fulton Avenue. I will sum it up by saying, number one, the education of African children is deliberately designed to fail African children because the failure of African children is a necessity in a society based on white privilege. That's number one. The schools will never work for our children. Sure, you'll get a few who get a perfect score in the SAT. You'll get a few who get a full ride to Harvard and Yale. You'll get a few who go into business and become wealthy. You'll get a few who become doctors and lawyers and nurses and teachers and engineers, but most of our children, will not succeed through the American public and charter school system because it is designed for them to fail. Number two, parents play a significant role in the marginalization and criminalization in special education and psychiatric medicalization of black children by way of their ignorance and their apathy. And what I mean by that is black parents don't understand their rights They don't understand the law. And in order for them to be more effective in advocating for their children, they need to learn both of them, their rights and the law. That's the reason I'm coming to Long Island next Saturday, is to help teach the parents out there how to fight back legally and procedurally against the school-to-prison pipeline, or what i call the psychoacademic holocaust number three black people have no excuse for our children not to be getting educated in schools that we own and schools that we control because we are a two trillion dollar people and as a two trillion dollar people it makes no sense for one out of every four black boys to be graduating from high school two out of four being put in special ed, three out of four being referred to psychiatric medication. It's absolutely unacceptable when they belong to a community that spends $30 billion on hair and beauty, $2 billion on Air Jordans every year, $4 billion on liquor and alcohol. Uh, we spend $800 million a year on chicken turkey beef and pork. And those are just a few of the expenses that black people have on an annual basis in this country that's making Jews wealthy, Anglo-Saxons wealthy, Chinese wealthy, Koreans, Mexicans, and anybody else wealthy who don't happen to look like us. So if we want to stop this problem, we have to build our own schools. That's why we're building FDMG. Number four, parents need to learn how to just say no. Just say no. To the special education evaluation just say no to the special education service just say no to the adhd evaluation and just say no to adhd medication if our parents would only get as tough with these educators inside these schools as we can get tough with each other on the street then a lot of our children would not be languishing right now in what i call special education jail and adhd incarceration Those are your children, and it is your job to fight for their best interests. Stop letting white people convince you that your child needs special education and medication to get an education. And number five, there will never be a true liberation for black people in this country until there is first a mental and a psychological liberation. If you do not liberate African people psychologically, there will be no political or economic liberation. Which is to say, as long as we are comfortable having black boys miseducated by white women, we as a people will never be free. Okay, five
2: points. That was uh, that was uh, serious. Uh, those five points, and uh, certainly we know that uh, they ca- they can be expounded on e- any one of those. Um, So all all of these things are points uh, that are in the uh, school-to-prison pipeline. Now, there may be somebody listening that is not familiar with that uh, particular term. And so can you define that for us?
3: In which term is that? that, The the school-to-prison pipeline. Yes, indeed. The school-to-prison pipeline, which I refer to as the psychoacademic holocaust, is six stages that I have identified in my work being in the schools over the past 25 years as both an administrator and a school psychologist. And these six stages are miseducation, special education, psychiatric medication, juvenile incarceration, psychological frustration and alienation, premature extermination, So when you talk about miseducation, it's important that people understand that the schools are designed to fail on purpose. It is not simply a side effect of poverty. It is not simply a side effect of a fatherless home. It's not simply a side effect of an unmarried mother or gangster rap or too much football or too much video games. And I say that why. Because even if we control for income and education of the parent, Even if we control for occupation or residential address of the parent, black boys in a highly astute neighborhood with parents who are doctors and lawyers are still suffering the same types of issues inside of America's public and charter schools as are black boys who may come from a single mother, live with a single mother who's on public assistance. So even when you control for income, And education, the psychoacademic holocaust continues. So as I said in my opening, schools must fail to protect privilege for white boys and girls. As long as America is a racist country, and it is and shall forever be, the public schools will fail black kids to guarantee white children a better opportunity in life. Then we move to special education. This monster that the United States Congress created in 1975 when they passed the Education for All Handicapped Children Act, EHCA, which says any child with a disability can get a special education. Now, on the surface, that sounds good. What's wrong with giving children who are blind or deaf or have brain injuries or speech and language problem or are autistic or orthopedically impaired? What's wrong with giving a disabled child a special education. Nothing's wrong with that on the surface. However, when you're black, the same law that protects white kids will be used to destroy black children. And so here we are, 46 years of federal special ed in this country, and they have used the learning disability as a noose around the black boy's neck. They have used intellectual disability as a noose around the black boy's neck. They have used emotional disturbance as a noose around the black boy's neck and the fourth disability that they so uh unscrupulously apply to black boys to get them out the classrooms and prepare them for juvenile incarceration is other health impairment which includes conditions like adhd conduct disorder and oppositional defiant disorder those four labels the ld the adhd the ed and the id have been used as a lynching platform by which the futures of black boys are being snatched away from them and their families every single day. Special ed is not a solution. Special ed is a problem. And then we move to psychiatric medication. This is the weapon of choice for black boys who have a regular, natural level of healthy, God-given African testosterone. Boys, by nature, don't sit still boys by nature are aggressive boys by nature are hyper that's part of the definition of being a boy but when public schools are controlled by women and when public schools are dominated by white women who don't like black children now any boy who cannot act like a girl any boy who cannot sit still long enough to learn about Christopher Columbus is automatically considered disordered. Their parents, who don't know their rights, are told that you have to go and get him evaluated for ADHD, ODD, or a conduct disorder, and you have to come back with some medication. And if you don't, he will be denied his education. Now, what parents don't understand, but they will know now, because I'm speaking on it and I'm going to speak on it more, saturday at the roosevelt public library and that is no school can deny your child a right to educate because you refuse to medicate let me say that one more time no school can deny your child a right to educate just because you refused to medicate that is important because about 20 percent of the black parents i've helped over these past 25 years most of them the reason they Consented to the medication and the evaluation is because the school lied and told them that unless you come back with some Ritalin, some Adderall, some Concerta, some Metadate, some side clerk, we will not let your son into the school. And because they didn't know their rights, they went ahead with the meds to recognize that all they had to do was let the principal know you have no legal right to do that and number two write a letter to the superintendent the chair of the school board the state secretary of education and if you like the u.s secretary of education as well as the united states uh, department of education office of civil rights letting them know that you got schools out here lying to parents threatening to expel their children for failure to medicate. It is illegal, but they do it every day in the black ghetto. And then after we deal with psychiatric medication, we go to juvenile incarceration. This initiates the school to prison pipeline. And it is important for your listening audience to understand that the public school, more than the city police, this is important, this is critically important for us to understand. The public school more than the city police department is quickly becoming the fastest growing source for new referrals of children into the juvenile detention center the schools are getting more children arrested than the police are so when we say school to prison that's exactly what we're talking about and so when that boy refuses to accept that disrespectful treatment that he gets when that boy cannot sit still when he's too hyper, when he makes the teacher's job a little bit too tough for her to carry it out, he'll then be referred, he'll be set up, he'll be criminalized, okay, he'll be charged with a crime. They love to get the kids arrested in school because one of the quickest ways to get them out of the school and into the juvenile detention center is to get them arrested, which is why we have to fight back against city police being inside of our children's schools because when city police are inside the school, They can take jurisdiction over behavior problems that traditionally were handled by the principal and settled with a detention or a one- or two-day out-of-school suspension. So, for example, your son gets into a fight. A fight might get you a two-, three-day suspension. Well, guess what? There's city police in that school. So when the city police tell the two boys to knock it off, And they don't. Now they have just violated the law because they disobeyed the order of a police officer. He's now getting handcuffs put on. And because he was arrested and escorted out of the school, the school can now require the school district can now require that he cannot come back into school because he was arrested, even though he was arrested for something that should have never been an arrestable offense. He should have never been handcuffed for fighting. Kids fight every day. It's a part of growing up. It's how we learn social skills and conflict resolution skills. So now he cannot come back to school. In some school districts, he can't come back to school ever. He's going to have to get his GED or settle for a twilight evening program, which are so poorly constructed and so poorly managed that most of our boys and girls never graduate from the situation at all. And that's why the miseducation actually sets up for juvenile incarceration, which takes us to stage five of six, psychological frustration and alienation. You have this black boy, and increasingly you have these black girls who are miseducated, special educated, medicated, juvenile incarcerated. Now they're told they can't go back to school or they got to go to a discipline school where they got to fight every day on their way to school, in school, and on their way back home And so now they've given up. They're smoking weed. They're on perks. They're on meth. They're part of the opioid crisis. They're running away. They're joining gangs. They're selling dope. They're hustling credit cards. They're getting pregnant. They're catching sexually transmitted infections. And the list goes on. All of these problems began in the school system. And unfortunately, if we don't save them soon enough, stage five turns into stage six. And that's premature extermination. And I don't have to tell you about how many black men and women, especially young ones, who are out here running amok in our cities, killing each other out of stress, frustration, and economic desperation, none of which could have taken place had the schools not failed them and had their community not failed them. I want to say this that the white and the black community are in a relationship to destroy every black child in this country. The school district intentionally fails them, and then the black community does nothing about it. So whereas the white power structure is guilty of commission, the black community is guilty of omission, letting them have their way with our children, and we're not doing nothing about it. You can't name a church. You can't name an elected official. You can't name a civil rights organization. You can't name a community grassroots organization in this country who's at the forefront of trying to fight to fix these schools without also trying to get a check from the school district they fighting. Wow.
2: That that was a lot. Uh, Listeners, I hope you had your pen and paper down or your tablet. Miseducation, special education, psychiatric medication, juvenile incarceration, psychological frustration, And premature extermination, and certainly um, all of these things. One thing leads to another, and behind all of these um, these points, somebody's making money. I'm sure you'd
3: agree, Doctor Umar. The whole thing is a hustle, my brother. The (laughs) The whole thing is a hustle. Let's start with special ed. Well, no, let's go. Let's start with miseducation. One of the reasons the schools don't get better is because the financial incentive is to get worse the financial incentive is to get worse if you are a struggling inner city school a struggling black public school guess what if you're doing well you can go after some private grants there's even some state funds out there but guess what most of the money is earmarked for the struggling schools so there's no incentive for principals to raise the test scores. There's no incentive for the principals to increase report card grades because the the money that's available, most of it is for the delinquency. It's for the low test scores. It's for the truancy. It's for the uninvolved parents. So the money is in the problem. The money is not in the solution. So then we move to special ed, even more money. In fact, the notorious B.I.G. song, More Money, More Problems, nothing mm-hmm. could be A greater metaphor than the psychoacademic holocaust because the more problems that exist the more money you will get so more money more problems is the reality for black children in America's public and charter school system and I say those two words together because charter schools are public schools they are alternative public schools they are not private they are not parochial they are not independent they are public and so with the special ed system what you have is an even bigger hustle because every time I evaluate a kid and I classify them with one of these special ed disabilities, the school's money for that child just doubled up. Let me say it one more time. When your child is admitted, qualified, evaluated, labeled, and placed in special ed, the school just doubled the amount of money that they get with it, for that child. Special ed kids are worth twice as much money as the regular children so let's say you got a second grade black boy and for whatever reason you made the ridiculous decision of letting a seven-year-old get tested for a reading disability a math disability an intellectual disability or an emotional disability ridiculous decision okay because no black child should be getting tested for special ed beneath the fourth grade at all ever unless it is for blindness deafness brain injuries orthopedic impairments Or a severe case of autism you should not be letting your child get tested that young why because you cannot ascertain whether or not this child really has this disability when they are that young so what you should do is exercise caution and restraint wait until the child is at least in the fourth preferably the fifth grade before you get him evaluated but schools don't want you to wait preschools don't want you to wait They pressure black parents to get the children tested at five and six. And why do they pressure them? To start the money trail. Special ed begins at age three. Special ed concludes at age 21 or high school graduation, whichever comes first. So these daycare centers, these preschools, these elementary and charter schools, they want parents to get the kids tested soon so they can start doubling up on their money. They're not thinking about your child, thinking about their bank account. So then we go to psychiatric medication and even bigger hustle. How much money do the publicly traded drug companies make on Wall Street every year? $30 billion is the mental health cartel in this country. $30 billion. And I don't have to tell you, the largest subset of Psychiatric Drug Corporation income is what? Childhood pharmaceuticals. Childhood mm. pharmaceuticals make up the largest bulk of that $30 billion. And here we go again uneducated black parents. When the school tells you that we want this boy tested for ADHD, you have a right to say no thank you. My son's not getting tested. And guess what? There's nothing the school can do about it. You know why? Because ADHD is not a special education disability. ADHD does not fall under the umbrella of school psychology. ADHD falls under the umbrella of clinical psychology. That means you have to take your child out of school to a clinic, to a hospital, to a private practicing psychologist, get him diagnosed, outside the school because you cannot diagnose kids for mental illness inside a public school. It's illegal. So you have to get them diagnosed outside the school. You bring them back to the school, and now that you've made the school aware that my son was diagnosed with ain't-no-daddy-at-home disorder because that's what I call it, my brother, (laughs) ain't-no-daddy-at-home disorder, ADHD, because 85% of black boys diagnosed with it, don't have a father in their life. This is not about brain chemistry. This is not about a neurological disorder. It's not about a psychiatric disorder. It's about a war on black males that sends the father to jail and then dopes their son up with the exact same drug that gave his father 10 years in the pen. Wow.
2: That's pretty deep. That's that's pretty deep. And uh, it's a system and it's, uh, it's by system by design. I don't think this is... Uh, just happened to occur that way. and
3: uh, No, sir. The longest-standing marriage in this country is not between a man or a woman. The longest-standing marriage in this country is between capitalism and racism.
0: Whenever
3: this country creates a problem for black people because of racism, the protection of white privilege, they also seek to exploit that problem economically. So wherever... Name any problem we have as a race, somebody's making millions of dollars off of it. If it's drug addiction that the government introduced when the CIA dropped off crack in the 70s, dropped off heroin in the 40s and in the 50s, every drug in the black community was introduced by the CIA, every single one, without fail. It's undisputable. So, once they create a problem for you, racism, dropping the drugs off, they then seek to exploit that problem for financial gain. so now you got all these halfway houses, you got all these drug treatment facilities, you got all of these drug rehab hospitals, okay, making millions and billions of dollars off of a government created problem in the black community special ed a government created problem, unemployment, which gives birth to crime, a government-created problem. You can't name a single problem in black America that we started. Now, with that being said, I want to be clear that we have to take responsibility for the problem, not because we started it, but because we make those problems worse by doing nothing about them, by turning a blind eye to them, and then also trying to make excuses but while the light power structure should not do anything about a problem that they created. So we're not the creators of our problems, but we are the number one accomplices to those crimes. Wow.
2: And we have to be so careful uh, that we don't uh, fall into any of those traps. And as has been said so many times by so many people, you you have to follow the money. And certainly money is, is behind uh, everything. Uh, because, listen, people need money to operate and to carry out their plans. And um, somebody said that crime doesn't pay, but and then somebody else came along and said, yes, it oh, yes, does. Yes,
3: it does. Pay. Crime <laughs> it pays. pays well. <laughs> crime pays so well, my brother, that you have white folk in rural towns in this country. All over, every state, every state, you have white people in rural areas who are lobbying their state legislators and their federal legislators to build prisons in their town. Now, let me ask you a question. Why would an all-white community that don't want no black people living next door to them be begging Congress to build a federal prison in their backyard when they know that those federal prisoners are going to be disproportionately black? If you don't want any black people living on your block, why do you want a prison in your community because you know if they build that prison in your community that's about 500 jobs at least depending on the size of the prison it could be 5,000 jobs that's federal pension that's federal retirement that's federal pay that's federal holidays and that is to say that we as black people are still even though we are 140 140 something years Since the end of slavery, the 13th Amendment, we are still the economic opportunity for white people in this country. Look at the amount of money white folks get by being foster parents to black children. Another problem created by the white power structure when they go into the homes of black mothers and fathers and snatch their children out and then subject them to more abuse and more punishment in the foster care system than they ever could have experienced at the hands of their own parents. And they take these kids from their parents, and then they give them the white folks, and then they pay the white folks $1,000 a month to take care of another black person's children. It is insane. What is being done to black people in this country is one of the greatest human rights abuses of the 21st century. And the only reason why I don't call it the greatest is because our African brothers and sisters back home in the continent, as well as in Central South America and the Caribbean, are catching just as much hell as we are catching. About three years ago, a special task force of the United Nations declared that the unemployment of black men in America is a human rights abuse. They declare that the unemployment of black men is a human rights abuse. So if the unemployment of black men is considered a human rights abuse in America by the United Nations, imagine police brutality. Imagine the unemployment. Imagine the miseducation. Everything that happens to us falls under the UN definition of crimes against humanity. It is genocide. America is guilty of carrying out genocide against black folks. So then here's the next question. Why don't we have a collective of black lawyers who are arguing at the level of the world court and at the level of the United Nations that America needs to be charged with crimes against humanity for its treatment of black folks? And I'll tell you why we don't have that. Number one, we're too scared because that's the exact reason that Brother Malcolm el Malik El-Shabazz whose birthday we celebrate next month. That's why he was murdered because Malcolm wanted to sue America for human rights abuses and they didn't want to get embarrassed. So they had to kill Malcolm. Okay. Here we are 50 years after Malcolm and we still haven't taken this country to court for human rights abuses against black folk because we're too scared. Number one. And number two, my brother, most of us suffer from a complex of psychological homelessness. Black people have a psychological homelessness issue, which stems from the fact that we hate being black, we hate being African, we do not want to be reminded about who we come from. Some of us are so full of hate that we are literally making up new racial identities out of thin air, claiming we're this, that, and something else when we're not, okay? And because we are so dependent emotionally and psychologically on white folks, to validate our existence, most of us would never, ever stand up and say, I am not an American. I am a victim of Americanism. We won't do that because our psychological... Homelessness, our insecurity about knowing deep down inside we are not, nor will we ever be American, we will never seek to take this country to task at the world court level. And in order to sue America, you have to step away from your so-called citizenship and declare that you are a prisoner of war. Wow. Well,
2: um, that's a lot uh, to digest and certainly um we hope that our listeners uh had, had have digested at least a small portion of that. I do want to give this opportunity for um people to call in uh before sure. our time runs sure. out. Our number in studio six one nine nine two four zero eight zero zero six one nine nine two four zero eight. Uh, you do have an opportunity to call in. Um, while, while we're giving you that opportunity, just a few minutes to get that together, uh, you are, are author of several books. And uh, can you just run those books by us and tell us how we can <laughs> obtain a copy of those books?
3: Uh, yes, sir. The first book, entitled Psychoacademic Holocaust, Special Education ADHD Wars Against Black Boys, that book is currently out of print because i'm working on the second edition which will be the same book with a few extra chapters just to keep the information relevant and current so hopefully that book will come out sometime this summer right now we have the black parent advocate the art of war for dealing with america's public and charter schools that book can be purchased for for brothers and sisters in the new york area uh, next saturday at roosevelt public library for the 3 to 7 pm program and that's 21 west fulton avenue it can also be purchased at any of my other upcoming events i'll be in albany georgia on april the 30th and may 1st i'll be in detroit michigan on sunday april of the 24th and i have some other upcoming events as well i'll be in uh uh, waxahachie texas uh in june i'll be in atlanta at olympic uh, centennial park On Juneteenth, I'll be in Kansas City on June 18th. If anyone needs a list of my upcoming speaking engagements, they can text my cell phone number at 215-989-9858. Again, 215-989-9858. Don't call the number. Text the number, and I will send them a list of the upcoming engagements. Also, for the benefit of your listening audience, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., I will be holding the Black Parent Teleconference. That is a free teleconference for black parents who have questions about their children centered on mental health and education. So if there's anybody listening right now, or if there's anybody listening who knows someone who should be listening, who's going through something with the school, whether they want to put the kid on medicine, they want to kick him out, they want them in special ed, or they misdiagnosed them for autism, or the child is not getting what they need in special ed, they're dealing with racism, whatever the case may be, they want to hold your child back, transfer them out. Any issue involving education and mental health, black parents can call in tomorrow morning from 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. I hold the conference simultaneously on instagram live and facebook live so people can tune in to my instagram uh dr umar johnson on my facebook Dr. Umar Ifatunde, and they can actually watch the questions come in, and they can also watch me give answers to the parents. And if they have a question of their own, the instruction is to text my cell number, the same number I gave you, beginning at 7 a.m. tomorrow. Do not text me before then because I will not respond. Beginning at 7 a.m. tomorrow when we start the call, if you text 215-989-9858, all I need is your name and your city your first name, and the city and state you're in, and I will call you in order of the text messages that I receive, and I will call you and put you on speakerphone, and you will ask your questions so everybody on Facebook and Instagram can hear it, and you will also hear the answers simultaneously with the viewers on Facebook and Instagram. So, again, that's tomorrow, Sunday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Dr. Umar's Black Parent Teleconference, 215 989 Nine eight five eight. All
2: right, ladies and gentlemen, you have uh, heard the uh, upcoming itinerary of Doctor Umar Johnson, as well as his uh, websites and how you can get in contact with him. Uh, you uh, have still have time to call in 619-924-0800. I believe I have a caller. Uh, caller, are you there? Would you like to say something?
0: <laughs>
3: Hello, how y'all doing? Good, how are you? Peace. Peace. All right, all right. Yeah, Dr. Umar Johnson, I was wondering, listen, you have a timetable. School would be open. I know you say I do the HVAC or whatnot.
2: don't you know what HVAC technicians can you give me a timetable,
3: possible. There's no timetable. I can't give a timetable because I don't control our destiny as it relates to the completion of the work. We're only as good as the contractors we can find to do the work who are licensed in both Delaware as well as in the city of Wilmington. That In there lies our biggest challenge. Not only must you be licensed in the state of Delaware, you must also be licensed in the city of Wilmington. They require their own license in addition to the state. And because Delaware is the second smallest state in the country, we're kind of limited with who we can actually work with. There have been brothers and sisters who have reached out to me from around the country, but none of them, have gotten their paperwork changed over to Delaware. It doesn't matter if you're licensed licensed in New York or Maryland or Chicago. Until you contact License and Inspections for the city of Wilmington and apply to have your license changed over and take that test that they want to give you and get a new license, you are of almost no use to us. You have to be licensed in that city in order for you to work on the schools so with that being said you know it has been a very slow road uh, frustrating even Uh, we don't have a lot of work that has to be done after three years that elementary school should have been renovated at this time but that's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with black folks a lot of us are not as committed to building an independent reality as we claim we are before we purchased the school in 2019 Uh, There were people all over social networks saying that once the school was renovated, they would get their paperwork switched over to Wilmington and that they would voluntarily offer their services for free. We haven't had a single soul, not a single soul, come forward to volunteer for free and with the paperwork that was necessary. So all of that was a bunch of smoke and mirrors. But we are still optimistic. We're moving forward. We understand nothing important comes easy. So this is just a test from the Most High and from the ancestors for me to prove that I'm very serious about what I'm trying to do. So whether the school is done in six months or six years, it really doesn't matter to me. I'm going to stay the course until the Lord gives me a victory.
2: All right. Thank you. Uh, All right. Listeners, uh, 619-924-0800, you can call in or you can leave a comment under... uh, episode education and empowerment uh dr umar johnson uh dr umar in uh as we uh wrap it up uh in this uh world of uh as we look at current events covid and ukraine and all of that what would you as pertaining to current events what would you uh say to our listeners today
3: that's a great question. And, uh, and right distract- before I answer that, I also want to let you... Yes, sir. Uh, what I also want to uh, say right before I answer that, any if any of your listeners want to support and donate to the FDMG fund, they can go to my website, drumarjohnson.com, and donate there. They can also get on their Cash App. Dollar Sign $FDMG School is the donation handle on the Cash App. And again, that's FDMG School. Is the donation handle? Please be careful because there's a lot of fake and fraudulent cash apps that have been created in the name of our school. If you want to be extra careful, you can just text my cell phone and I'll text you the correct cash app link on, on um PayPal. You can donate at PayPal.me slash S D M G Academy. That's PayPal.me slash SDMG Academy. Academy, dollar sign FDMG school on the cash app. And if you want to mail in a check or money order, you can send that to the attention of FDMG Academy, PO Box 9634, Wilmington, Delaware. Again, that's PO Box 9634, Wilmington, Delaware, 19809. But if you text my cell phone number, I'll send you whatever you need to know. Donation information, the flyer for Saturday's lecture in Long Island, New York, April 16th my upcoming events, or if you just have a general question that doesn't take much time to answer. For parents who need one-on-one help for their kids' consultation, if you want to schedule a one-on-one consultation, you can text me to do that as well. But we will have the free teleconference uh, tomorrow morning, 7 to 9. The biggest thing that we need to recognize right now, my brother, is America is preparing to exterminate black people they are already replacing us economically and sociologically in this country the ukrainians are being brought here to replace black people the afghanis were brought here to replace black people george w bush former president he let the mexicans in to replace black people in the economic sector so what we are watching right now is a whitewashing of black people out of being relevant anymore In American society, we were brought here to serve. We are no longer necessary to serve. So they have 50 million black folks who they do not want, cannot deport because slavery destroyed your natural spiritual, cultural, psychological connection to Africa. So they cannot deport us. So what do you do with 50 million black people you don't want and can't support? You have to come up with a system of internal genocide, and that system of internal genocide is miseducation, mass incarceration, police extermination, black-on-black genocide, homelessness, unemployment, drug addiction, poor nutrition, poor medical care. This is no longer oppression. Oppression was the 80s. Oppression was the 90s. This is genocide, the removal of African people out of America once and for all.
2: All right, people, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, watch, listen. Uh,
3: But we can win, though, my brother. We can win. As dismal as the outlook is, we can change this whole thing around. All we have to do is come together. Solidarity can overcome any system of genocide or oppression. Our problem is we don't want to unite. We don't want to work together. We don't want to cooperate because we have been taught trained and indoctrinated by the white power structure of this country that you do not have to respect other black people and because of that it's almost impossible to get black people to work together without putting a white person in charge wow that's a sad uh commentary
2: uh that that is uh but is part of our reality as well 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 again we thank you uh for taking time out of your busy schedule to share with the uh, global gospel audience, to all those that are listening, uh, your, uh, information, your education, uh, uh, sharing with us this empowerment, uh, episode in this hour. And we do want to remind our listeners that if perhaps that you missed anything on today, immediately following this episode, uh, you can log on to uh, Block Talk Radio. You can uh, log on to Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, and you can listen to the entire episode in its entirety. Uh, we want you to go out there, purchase a book. Uh, those of you that are in the Long Island area, we want you to uh, meet uh, Dr. Umar in Roosevelt, uh, New York, on uh, next, next week. It's just around the corner, and certainly if you are looking for a, a live, in-person experience, um, we thank you again for sharing with us. Uh, you can give us your closing uh, remarks for the day and tell tell our listeners again who you are and what show they are listening to.
3: Indeed. This is the Prince of Pan-Africanism, Dr. Umar Ifatunde, Black America's number one school psychologist and Pan-Africanist, and you're listening to the Global Gospel Network, please reach out to Dr. Umar if you need to at 215-989-9858. That's 215-989-9858. I prefer text message, not phone call. But if you need to leave a voicemail, please call my alternate number, which is 8444 Umar. That's 8444-D-R-U-M-A. AR if you need to voicemail next Saturday, April 16th, I'll be coming to the Roosevelt Public Library in Long Island, 21 West Fulton Avenue. Doors open up at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Lecture from 3 to 5, book signing from 5 until 7. If you need to reach me for a consultation involving your children or if you need to list them upcoming speaking engagements, you can text my cell number. And don't forget, tomorrow morning, 7 until 9. Free black Parent Teleconference, all you have to do is text your first name and your city to 215 and I will call you live on Facebook and Instagram so you can ask your question, and I will give you an answer providing your child in the areas of education and mental health.
2: All right, thank you. All right. We uh, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you, uh, Blessings to you and uh, all your endeavors. Uh, We are going to conclude with our prayer. Uh, Again, you can listen in immediately following this gracious, eternal God, our Father. We thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercy. We thank you for our guest today, Dr. Umar Johnson. Uh, We pray God's blessings on his school, on his work that he does Uh, for uh, his people. We thank you uh, for all things, for everyone that's listening. We pray that someone was encouraged uh, and inspired by what we heard on today. Uh, This is our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Global Gospel. I'm your host, Reverend Lamar Townsend. This week, uh, we declare a week of blessings.
1: God has brought me out
0: of. You can't even tell when you look at me. I've been in a season of miracle. This is...
1: I'm speaking something different I'm speaking something different Claiming something different Expecting something Everybody hear you? It's it's something <laughs>